Star Wars 7x7 episode 1441 today. Another palindromic episode number. You get to do a lot of those when you've done as many episodes as I have. And today we are talking about the train robbery and some very important details you may be interested in thanks to Solo, a Star Wars story, the official guide. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So we're continuing our look at the official guide to Solo, a Star Wars story from DK Publishing. And thank you again, DK, for sending me a copy of the book to review and check out. So far, it's been quite the ride and very informative, as per usual. And today we're talking about the Great Robbery, somehow probably not called the Great Train Robbery, because, of course, that would be impinging on a separate movie copyright. But the Great Robbery is one of of six chapters inside this official guide, and it talks about the time that our scoundrels spend on Vandor trying to hijack that cargo container full of coaxium. And we're going to cover seven things that you might be interested in knowing, might be especially interested in knowing. And hey, if you want to check out more, then check out the book itself. But for a start, Clone Wars and Rebels again get name-checked in a way, not directly, but just references there too. As far as the Clone Wars goes, it turns out that Rio Durant is a veteran of the Clone Wars. He fought in a group called Freedom's Sons that was an independent army allied with the Galactic Republic, so he was fighting on the side of the ostensibly good guys at that point. And Rebels gets name-checked because of the Pergil. The Pergil are those giant space whales that are able to ingest random interstellar gas and metabolize it into hypermatter that they can use to jump into hyperspace. And so there is some discussion about coaxium and about the fact that it is a kind of hypermatter that allows ships to be able to jump into hyperspace and that early explorers managed to analyze the insides of the pergil, presumably, you know, dissecting some organs of the pergil, and that's how they learned about hypermatter and about how they could achieve hyperspace travel, or at least part of the way that they put it together. And that ties into our second fun fact to share, which is that the Imperial Vault that we find on the planet Vandor, it's a vault, it's a depository actually is what it's also referred to, and this makes it very much like the vault on Scarif or the vault on Mercy Island, as is mentioned by Kira in Solo, A Star Wars Story, the actual movie. So now we know of at least three locations of Imperial vaults that exist in the Star Wars universe, and this one is meant to be very difficult to get to. There is no hangar, there is no airbase, it can only be reached by this Conveyax. And speaking of Vandor itself, that would be our third fun fact, which seems to be that this planet may have been inspired. I haven't seen it written anywhere, but there's enough about it that makes it sort of inspired by Nepal 
in a way, and particularly by Mount Everest and the Himalayan mountains because of things like the fact that it's still an undeveloped frontier region that people go to for exploration and adventure and to test their skills against the elements. There is a thing about how people will leave a scrap of clothing behind before they go up into the mountains hoping to collect it when they get back. And if not, if they die in the process of trying to conquer these mountains, well, then that scrap of fabric or cloth remembers them. And it's kind of reminiscent of the Tibetan prayer flags that are at Everest base camp. So there seems to be an inspiration in there for Solo, a Star Wars story. And it doesn't say this directly, but there are not a lot of settlements on Vandor, but one of them is described as Fort Ipso, Y-P-S-O. And for all we know, that could be the name of the settlement where Dryden Voss's yacht docks and where Beckett and Solo and Chewbacca end up meeting him for the first time in the movie, that is. And now let's talk about characters because we get into some of that too. And Beckett, since I just brought him up, let's just dive in with a couple of fun things about Beckett. And particularly the thing about him I want to flag is about Aura Singh. So... Of course, in the movie, we don't get a mention of Ara Singh until after Beckett meets with Lando. And he's like, hey, you killed Ara Singh. And he says, nah, you know, the fall killed her. And the book actually goes on to specify a little bit more to say that he will only confirm that the fall killed her. But, you know, he won't say anything about whether his blasters had any effect on her or anything like that. Blasters weren't mentioned in the movie itself so we get a little bit more of a dimension on it and I just have to say Aura Singh being dead well Darth Maul was dead too so <laughs> who knows if Aura Singh is really dead I mean I think we're supposed to believe that she is but I don't know until we see I don't know at this point until we see a, a rotten body I don't know what to think about dead or alive in the Star Wars universe at this point as for Tobias's love interest, Val, the book says that nobody knows her last name, not even Tobias Beckett himself, that she is notoriously private about that. And the only thing that he's been able to get out of her is the fact that she is named for the musical instrument, the Valachord, and that her father was a musician. And so that adds an extra dimension of sweetness and bittersweetness as well to the interaction between Tobias and Val, especially considering how the whole Conveyx thing goes down. And then we have our sixth subject to talk about, which is the Cloud Riders, that group of marauders. And those swoop bikes that they're riding are actually very brightly colored on purpose. It's to identify them as Cloud Riders, as opposed to being identified as being from other gangs like the Dark Star Hellions or the Nova Demons. Those are two other gangs that are mentioned in the Solo A Star Wars Story official guide. And in case you're wondering how they got to Vandor, well, it turns out that they have their own larger ship, the Cloud Riders do. Unfortunately, there's not a picture of it in the book, but it is named the Airy, or, you know, it's always one I haven't been sure how to pronounce. There you go. Pronunciation stuff on Star Wars 7x7 again, as in an eagle's nest, an Airy, A-E-R-I-E, -E, not as in the Abercrombie and Fitch brand or whatever it is. 
anyway, um, so that is their carrier ship, which very much like the Supremacy, like the First Order's main capital ship, it doesn't land very often, apparently, as well. So the Cloud Riders get around on the Airy and drop their Cloud Bikes into whatever situation they need to drop them into. And our seventh and final takeaway situation is going to center around Enfys Nest, the leader of the Cloud Riders. Now, this was something that had been decoded a while ago about, uh, well, it's four months ago now, three months at least before the movie came out. But there is an inscription on Enfys Nest's helmet, and it is in Arabesh or close to it. It's not exactly Arabesh, but it is supposed to be an extract from a poem or an excerpt from a poem. And this is what it says. Until we reach the last edge, the last opening, the last star, and can go no higher. And Lucasfilm folks, get a poet on that, please. <laughs> get her or him to finish that poem because that was really awesome and it gives me chills when I read it. So very cool. And so that is going to cover it for our top seven things of interest in the great robbery section of the official guide to Solo A Star Wars Story from DK Publishing. And that will do it for today's deep dive into the official guide to Solo A Star Wars Story. After a quick break, we'll do Last Jedi Trivia. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. All right, last time I asked you who was the person who got to say the iconic line, punch it in The Last Jedi, and that was Lieutenant Connix. Today's question for you, who, by all appearances, is the last person to get on board the Rattus before it jumps into hyperspace? And that will do it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!